This is the Do You Cash Flow podcast, the place to learn a variety of ways that everyday people like you cash flow, with your hosts, Luke Barber and Kyle Balif. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share it with someone you feel would benefit from it. Hello, welcome back to Do You Cash Flow. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Hi. I just caught Kyle mid drink. <laughs> Sorry, we gotta we gotta we gotta change it up a little bit sometimes and kind of mess with Kyle a little bit because it's fun. We have a great show for you today. We have Janice Burt, who is an entrepreneur. We love talking to entrepreneurs because they're so interesting and they have so many things to share with us. And Janice is a many things. She's a court certified Spanish interpreter a voiceover artist. We're going to have to talk to her about that because my voiceover of our intro and outro of this podcast could probably use a little work that she could coach us on. Uh, She's a yoga instructor, an actor, an author, and an inspirational speaker. She's a lover of peace and a proponent of love, and we hope that uh, she will bring a lot of that to our episode today. Janice, how are you? I am amazing. Thank you for having me on. We're so glad to hear that. We are glad to have you with us today. And we just want to jump right in and talk about who you are and what what business or businesses we were talking a little bit off air uh, before we before we got on here. And uh, Janice has done quite a few things, and we wanted to talk with her about some of those ideas and how she's making a difference and how she's cash flowing with them. So go ahead and just tell us kind of where uh, how you got started with all this and what 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 you've been doing. So. The crazy thing is all of those things you listed, I didn't do a single one of them until I think it was 2012. So what is that? 10 years ago? Yep. Yep. 10 years ago and I'm 45. So do math there. I basically was a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. that I, and I loved that job as well. And, uh, but I, I was in this very codependent marriage and so I didn't have much of a sense of self, I would say, okay. during that time, mm-hmm. just kind of following and my husband worked in insurance. And so I didn't think much about making money, anything financial. Okay. Then we went through a divorce and my world shattered around me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, even though he did provide support, it wasn't enough. And so I had to go, what the heck do I do? And I'm bilingual from, because I lived in Mexico when I was a little girl. So I had already that skill or, um, you know, yeah, Yeah. skill. And so I'm thinking, and I love speaking Spanish. It's something that lights me up and I get so excited about. So everybody's like, why don't you teach? You could teach. Well, yeah, I have no patience for teaching. So I'm like, (laughs) what else can I do with my Spanish? (laughs) (laughs) And I decided, oh my gosh, this interpreting thing looks fascinating. Yes. So I started going to interpreting school in San Francisco and took this really difficult test to become court certified, which I failed the first time. And this was while I was going through my divorce and all of that stuff. So I remember opening the letter and just like devastated, sobbing, you know, my life is over. Yes. And I took it again because in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to take this test as many times as I need to, 20 times, 30 times. I don't care until I pass it. 
Uh, but thank God I passed it the second time. So I became an interpreter and started interpreting, but it didn't really even stop there. It was more like I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do things that terrified me because I realized at this point that basically everything terrified me. <laughs> like I was living from this fear yes. state. Okay. And so as soon as I started stepping out into interpreting and things for myself, I started walking through all these fears. So I decided I'm going to do public speaking because when I was in high school, I used to love speaking. I was on the speech and debate team. And so I started, I joined Toastmasters. I started speaking again. And then I was like, what's something else? And I love sports. And I would see these people running these marathons going, how in the hell do you run for 26.5? Like, how is that even humanly possible when I would get like this side ache after running for around the block, you 30 know? 30 seconds, and, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, but I'm like, obviously it's possible because people are doing it all the time and right. people that are older with, you know, different physical conditions were running these marathons. So I decided that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna train for a marathon. I need to prove to myself that that I can do I things can do that are freaking hard and terrify me. Yes. So that's how I started doing every single thing that you mentioned, the voiceover stuff, the acting. Cause I also loved acting when I was a kid and never pursued it. So my first acting audition was I think 2012 or 13, 2013 probably. Mm -hmm. So I'm like 36 years old going for my first audition and shaking. I'm so nervous and I get the role and I just, I love it. All of these things that both simultaneously scare me to death yet liberate me. Yeah. So yeah, that's my story. Okay. And isn't, isn't that funny? So we've, we've talked about, we've, we've mentioned this a few times on a few other episodes about, about the fear of failure, right. And how that paralyzes people and how it keeps people from doing things, trying things, experiment or experiencing new things is this fear of failure. Like, well, who, who's out there? I guess maybe that stems from our youth, maybe that, you know, like we're going to get made fun of or something by somebody. <laughs> um, but this fear of failure is such a, is such a, conundrum because it keeps us so bottled in to and and keeps us from um reaching certain potentials right that we have um and and a couple of things i was just making some notes as you were talking uh one thing i wanted to was to mention to our listeners is the fact that going into <clears throat> going into your uh taking the interpreter's test right even though, so for those listening, she went into it with the mindset of, if I have to take this thing 20 times, I don't care, I'm going to do it. And that, I think, is, is probably the biggest thing you can have, obviously, is your mindset. But that's the, that's the best attitude that you can have when approaching anything, is that I don't care what this takes, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It may take me 20 times. And, and I want to, I want to give another example too. So, uh, as I've mentioned before, I, I live in a house full of girls. <clears throat> I have, you know, my wife and then I have many daughters. And one of the things that we like to do together is watch America's next top model. And, uh, you know, you can laugh at me all you want. It's actually a pretty, pretty great show. I mean, they've, they've had like 22 seasons. So, you know, Tyra Banks is doing something right anyway. And, 
this most recent episode that we watched a couple days ago. I hope you're getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah, right. Not sponsored by America's Next Top Model. Um, <laughs> no, it went off air in 2015, I think. But um, but in this episode, <clears throat> there were two in this one this one cycle that we're watching now. I think it was done in 2008. I think it's cycle 10 or 11 or season 10 or 11. Anyway, it, it had two different people that were on there. And one gal that was on there, she said that she had tried out 30 times so it was season 11 or season 10. She had gone to two or three different cities for each season when they were shooting it for 10 years and didn't get on. And she had this attitude that I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. And that's what you got to have in entrepreneurship. That's when you got to have in, in doing anything really, right? To overcome that fear of, you know, whether you're making money at it or not, right? Like we didn't talk about if you were making money, if it was a paid acting job or whatever, but you said you went in shaking and you just, you just have to have that attitude. Now, in contrast, there was another girl in this same season that she, let's see, she made it to the top 13. And then I think she was the first one cut after they all moved into the house. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be America's Next Top Model. She moved into the house and she was the first one cut and she was really upset about it and okay um but her her re remarks at the end of it they always film them packing their stuff up and leaving the house right walking out of the house and her remarks uh, and it was a great teaching moment and uh her remarks were well it was my dream to become america's next top model but i guess now it's just going to be a dream that was her that was her attitude and she walked off the show and she was done and she was i mean according to her she wasn't going to pursue it anymore right and i just i just looked at my girls and i said don't ever have that kind of attitude ever because you can do just about anything you want in life you know if you have the right attitude about it and if you don't give up i said she clearly didn't really want to be a model because she was willing to give up after one time you know, I mean, she made it out of thousands of girls to get on that show and be number 12, you know, and she looks at that as a failure. You know, anyway, I, I kind of went off. I, I go off on stuff like that sometimes, <laughs> but but I just wanted to point that out that, that Janice, listening to Janice, she had the right idea and she had the right mindset going into this of I'm not giving up until I make this happen. And guess what, folks, when you have that kind of attitude, things happen for you. If you have the attitude of, well, I'm going to give this a shot and hey, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, I guess it wasn't meant to be. That is such a crap attitude to have. <laughs> and so I just encourage you that when you're going out there, you know, as things are changing in our economy at the moment, right? And, and as gas is changing and all these different things, I encourage you to have the mindset that Janice is talking about because when you really think about it, if, if we're not doing things, and I, I want to say I brought this up maybe a couple episodes ago, if you're not doing things that are making you uncomfortable, you're probably not progressing. Yes. And, and, so, yeah. and nothing, literally nothing is worse than that prison of fear. That's what I've found. Yeah. So because I was confined to this life of fear for so long, as soon as I broke free and and we have the key in our back pocket, like we're locked up in this prison, we have the key, we have to decide to take it out, use it, unlock the door and liberate ourselves yes. truly. And so, and because the similar thing happened with public speaking where I would shake, obviously if I shake with the audition, I violently shake though. I don't know that 
if unless you see it, you can't really appreciate. Oh, I can appreciate how, it. That's how I get when I try to sing in front of people. I like to sing. I love to sing. But if I somebody's like, "Hey, sing something for me right now," I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, I just I just lose it, and I get all sorts of yeah, shaky. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you no, know, it's like the fear being manifest. It's, mm -hmm. it's being shown mm -hmm. to everybody. And so all violently shake, almost like a grand mal seizure standing up. And it's kind of, I think it happens to animals because somebody said once, oh, that happens to animals when they're scared or something. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and where they violently, it's like a, a just an impulse that you mm -hmm. have. And so what happens with me, and I'm not exactly sure what or when it's gonna be triggered. And that's what makes it a little trickier but I'll start violently kind of shaking when I'm speaking. Yeah. And then I have to just stand there and allow myself to shake. It moves through me. And then after, you know, maybe 10, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, it's done and I'm normal again. Yeah. So I just have told myself, even though I'm looking over there at the chair, and that's comfort, that's security, that's no shaking, right? Uh -huh. And I'm standing here going, man, I really wanna be sitting in that chair, but no, because not literally shaking, sweating, stammering, forgetting your lines, nothing is worse than the prison of fear. Yeah, agreed. Great, great, uh, great advice. I don't I really like your key. It's in our back pocket comment. That's a fantastic analogy just that we literally hold the key to do it the question is are you willing to do it that's a great yeah. uh, that's a great point a great analogy it is so shifting gears a little bit talk to us a little bit over over the years as you've done a number of different things talk to us about uh how much money you've made doing them as we always ask our our guests who come on here is do you cash flow with these things and if so how much Yes. So let's see for interpreting and it has changed drastically uh, like pre pandemic, post pandemic, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I would say for interpreting pre pandemic, I was bringing in and this is rough because I'm horrible <laughs> with, my, with remembering these things. But I want to <laughs> say it was like 90,000 a year. A year. Yes. Dang, but you were doing it full time. Um, it was my own schedule that I could make. Uh, so I don't think it was exactly full time, okay. but there were a lot of days where it was full days. The way I charge for interpreting is by half day and full day increments. Okay. And so then I contract out. So I am not full time with the courts. Okay. I am my own you know, self-employed solopreneur, my own, what your own solopreneur. My, I'm a solopreneur. Exactly. And then yep. I contract out with all these agencies and okay. different things like that. Nice. Now, awesome. uh, interestingly enough, when the pandemic happened, it was like no interpreting was going on at all. You know, just like a lot of people's jobs just kind of got flipped on their heads. Yeah. And so I didn't do anything for the longest time. And then they started doing kind of these Zoom interpreting calls. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. What I think happened is I think everybody got so scared during the pandemic and loss of wages and just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? 
I'm pretty sure all the interpreters lowered their rates. Uh. And I have not lowered my rates. And I kind of refuse to because I feel like, why are we going backwards? Right. And, you know, if anything, we should be getting rate increases. Getting increases, that's right. Exactly. But the fear factor and mm -hmm. uh, so people have lowered their rates. So I'm kind of like that interpreter that gets the last minute call or the, you know, it's kind of far away and no, we can't find anybody to cover it call. So my interpreting jobs have slowed considerably. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it had just as much need during the pandemic, I think, right? Because if everything's done on zoom and you have people who need interpreting, they're not going to be able to sit and watch somebody on zoom any more than they can watch somebody in person. So. Right. Well, 2020 was weird. I think they literally just pushed everything back. Even injured workers that had to, that needed procedures and like really mm -hmm. needed medical attention didn't mm -hmm. really get it. Right. Right. You know, in a timely manner. So everything was just kind of pushed back. And then, so it feels like now everybody's just catching up. We're doing more in-person, which is nice. Actually, earlier this morning, I had an in-person deposition. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're based right. in California, is that right? right I'm now? California. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, we're in Florida, so we're in a little bit different landscape. We, we've we kind of opened up a little bit more um, with tourism and stuff. Yeah. You we, guys are Florida. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, we try not to brag about it, but we're like, during the pandemic, we were kind of considered the land of the free. And we may have some haters who leave us some nasty comments for that. And that's their problem, I guess. But that's, uh, I mean, it, it just is what it is. I mean, we were opened up and our governor, we like our governor quite a bit um, without getting too political. Um, he, he's been pretty awesome during it all and uh, in, in most regards. And uh, I guess the real thing, Florida didn't really experience the pandemic like everyone else. Like did. everyone else did. Yep. So we don't really know what other people went through. Yep. Anyway, sorry. Moving well, on from that, without <laughs> going all political on everybody, um, that's no, but that's great. Um, so tell us. Um, okay, so I'm just trying to think of where to go from here because I still have lots of other questions for you. So, with the interpretation, you've also done voiceovers. What what have you done with voiceovers and like with acting and things like that? Yeah, so voiceovers, that was something I also always kind of wanted to do because I just thought it was cool. I remember living in Mexico when I was eight years old. Yeah. And we didn't speak Spanish when we first went, my brother and I. Okay. So we're watching Knight Rider in nice. Spanish, like dubbed. Nice. And I remember thinking that does not sound like David Hasselhoff's voice, <laughs> like at all, you know? <laughs> But it was the coolest thing because it made me go, oh my gosh, that voice, there's a voice there. Yes. I would love to do that. And so I kind of asked around here, there's a guy named Luis Garcia, the Spanish voiceover guy. Okay. And I thought, well, that would be a good kind of uh, niche for me, right? Because the bilingual and I speak Spanish without the American accent. So right. I felt like that would be nice to have somebody that could do a bilingual voiceover. So I talked to him about it. He gave me some tips. I went, I just went to Best Buy. I got the mic. I yeah. uh, went in my closet and kind of did what you're supposed to do for the acoustics. Yep. And 
just went online and started reaching out. There's some um, online places where you can put your demos and different things and then right. start getting jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And I just started doing that. I've done a couple audiobooks. I've done a nice. Spanish app for uh, learning Spanish yeah. that I've recorded. Currently, I'm working on my own audiobook because I self published a book. And so now, you know how that goes, though. It's like, the last thing that you want to do because it's your thing and you don't have anybody waiting for it per se. So uh -huh. I, I got to, I got to get on that. Yeah. But yeah, I would, if anybody has thought about doing voiceover work, it's one of the things that you can do with minimal investment. I would say on the front end, right. because you can get really nice mics and you can, for not very much money, you could use your closet. Yes. Just put a bunch of clothes and comforters and stuff to kind of dampen, um, dampen the sound. Yep. Yep. And you can do a little demo even on your own and just put it out there because there are a lot of people looking like for audiobooks, for greetings. Um, yep. Yeah. And payment for those ranges um you know i've done these voiceover messages that i get paid like 20 bucks for mm -hmm. and i've done these um kind of infomercials where i've made five thousand dollars for like two pages of reading them dang and how many so, times curious how many times did you have to read them did it take you multiple times or you just did it like once so for that one, I actually went into the studio, so uh -huh. I didn't use my equipment. I used theirs and okay. it was awesome because he just sat there. We both had the script. I would read a line and he'd go yes or no, or yes or do over. And I want to say I was there for maybe two hours, maybe. Dang, for five grand, that's a to, good investment. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I didn't even have to edit it. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Didn't have to use your own equipment. You just showed up, work for two hours and leave with a $5,000 check. Heck yeah. That's totally. awesome. Did you have to speak and really fast at the end of the infomercial? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> did you have to speak really fast at the end of the infomercial? How they tell you the warning on whatever product. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, not unless it was like a, uh, like a pill or something, right? Or like a... <laughs> Some kind of pharmaceutical. They always have to do that. I swear they do on all of them. But. Do they? No, this was actually, so maybe infomercial is the wrong term. It was, it's for an organic milk farm and it's, maybe it's more an educational video is what it was. Okay. So, so there wasn't, he was actually doing the entire video. He took the clips of the milk farm and then did the voiceover on top and he's, yeah, very talented videographer and director here in Sacramento. So yeah. that's fun. But I also wanted to mention for people that maybe do want to do voiceover work, yeah. there is a free software also, which is still what I use. I, I use Audacity, which yep. is completely free. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. And also if you have a Mac, uh, iMovie, iMovie, you can, you can put, you know, now I, I personally, I have Final Cut Pro um, and it's what I do all my video and audio editing on. Uh, which, and it's not an audio editing program really. Um, but iMovie is like five bucks, you know, and, and you can, I mean, that's when I started my YouTube channel years ago, that's all I used was iMovie 
and and you could do the same thing you know with the podcast well they have other podcast tools and stuff like that we haven't really talked about that but um there's lots of you know podcasting tools that let you upload you know stuff and and edit it and all that without having to have like a timeline you know and cut stuff out and do all, but yeah no there's I have a problem with people who say there's not enough, you know, opportunity and stuff like that. Like, there's never been more opportunity. I had some folks, in fact, now that was, since we're speaking on interpreting and, and Spanish and things, I had a person I worked with who, who wanted to make more money, you know, had a growing family and all this kind of stuff. And she spoke, she was bilingual. Uh, I think she was from Puerto Rico. And I said, I said, listen, I said, you have no idea how much opportunity you have because you speak Spanish, you know? And so I told her about that. I told her about, you know, different ways that she could go and do interpreting and to do, you know, I, I didn't mention voiceovers to her, but I did mention like, I know, um, I think it's Amazon maybe where you can go on and get paid to just read, like you said, read audiobooks, right? Like record cool. audiobooks for people. I mean, there's so much out there that you can do that. Uh, when you speak a second language, it's just, it's phenomenal. So yes. that's, and, that's and great. I believe here we go back to fear of failure and fear of not being good enough because it's not that there are not opportunities that are abound. Yeah. It's, it's more the, the mindset of, man, I'm not really good at this yet, yet. but I'm, I'm not good at this. So I don't want to, and it's like, we have to be willing to, to shake, to, to say something maybe wrong, to, to make those mistakes at the beginning yeah. and but then those things all kind of get polished up That's you know right. and you you have to start somewhere so it's almost like that concept of go messy early do it jump in the water and you know get that part out of the way because it's right. going to be that for everybody right right and i think even if you even if say you go i mean obviously you could learn more say you go to college right to learn how to be an actor or something like that yeah you can learn additional things that are going to help you but you still have to get your feet dirty i mean you or your hands dirty or whatever the phrase you want to use you still got to get dirty with it i mean you still got that sounds bad but i mean you do you have to get out there and be an idiot and screw up and in anything right whether it's a job or whether it's you know doing something entrepreneurial you're never going to be perfect up front it reminds me of uh pat pat flynn who runs the smart passive income uh website he's a big uh, podcaster. He's been doing it since I think 2010, maybe. Well, he started in 08, but then he, his first one he published was two years later in 2010. But he said he goes back and goes back and listens to some of those early episodes and he just cringes, you know, he's like, Oh, they were so bad, you know? And yeah, I know you're raising, she, so you can't see Jams, but she's raising, we have her on zoom. We're watching her on zoom and she's raising her hand and me too. I mean, I go back and listen to some of our, I mean, we've only, let's see, this is episode 13. Well, no, we have, uh, yeah, you'll probably like 20. Yeah. It was probably about the 20th episode Kyle and I have recorded, you know, and I, I'll still go back just for fun, you know, to listen to some of our first ones. And I sit and kind of go, okay, well I did that too much. I did that. And I'm still learning every day, you know, and I go, Oh, we, we'll, we'll get off. And I tell Kyle all the time. I'm like, Hey, you did this again. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, well you did this. I'm like, yeah, I did. So, I mean, you do, you just have to, you just have to say, Hey, you know, I'm learning and you only learn by doing, you know, exactly. whether it's reading or doing or watching, you know, you're always learning how to be better. Well, it comes back to the thing I keep bringing up almost every other episode is our school system has failed us and we are literally conditioned that we can't fail. Yeah. That's failure how we're is taught bad. in school is the failure is bad. You're taught to get a grade. And if you don't get a grade, you fail. And you stink. We've missed the whole point of failure is how we grow. 
mm-hmm. in school. So that's why when people jump out, and someone actually told me that they went to business school, and the one thing they didn't teach them in business school is that you have to fail to actually help your business and build your business. So I don't know. It's just it's so because we've been conditioned for so long that failure is bad that it's hard for us to even fathom the idea that we have to fail to really grow. That's how we grow the most. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I would say speaking of kids, that's what we as a, our mentality. If we had more of a childlike mentality in the sense of being curious, exploring, uh, experimenting, like, Oh, I don't know. Do I like singing? Let me try. Let me, uh, do I like playing volleyball? Do I like painting? Do you know, there's something about creating just for the sake of creating that is magnificent for just our well-being and uh being joyful living life uh instead of just like this rigid like yeah i have to get this grade and i have to da, da, da. and there's yep. a, there's a a result that i'm looking for an expectation and if this doesn't happen then i'm you know i feel bad and i'm miserable and it's like let's just go back to that childlike wonder and joy and doing speaking of going back to childhood my favorite analogy is when a baby learns to walk they don't just get up and fail and go oh this isn't for me right nor nor do their parents get after them when they don't walk after the first time right parents help them up let them fall again help them up let them fall again help them up let them fall again right you know it's crazy kyle that's literally an example i used in my book so I have a kicking the people pleasing habit is the name of my book. And that's one of the examples is of uh, a baby just like that. So, Hey, yep. great, <laughs> great analogy. favorite analogy. Yep. Because- we got that from Peely. Peely Cordoba said that on our episode. Yeah. Ever since I bring it up all the time, because yeah. that's the reality of it. If yep. we give up after the first time, what <laughs> you're never going to learn. You never learn anything <laughs> or succeed at anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. More importantly, succeed. You won't succeed. I guess That's how many true. times does a baby fall over? I mean, right. It's, you lose count. For weeks, day, weeks, months, years. Well, not years. Yeah. But weeks and months. And, right? and you're right. You're not like, oh, you dumb baby. <laughs> <laughs> you are so dumb. You couldn't figure this out the first time. What is wrong with you? I want a refund. <laughs> Put him back. Put him back. That's right. That's right. Jeez. Uh, well, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit, Janice, if somebody wanted to get started doing something with interpreting, with voiceovers, things of that oh, yeah. nature. Before she does that, I oh, want to know, okay. she didn't mention, we kind of mentioned inspirational speaker. How do you even get yeah, into she that? talked about that a little bit. A little bit, but how do you get into that? So that's one thing that's really been on my heart to do probably f- for several years now. And so I have a speaking coach, uh, Kevin Bracey. He's amazing. He trained under Les Brown. So I don't know if you guys are familiar I do, with yes. him. Sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. He's really, I've listened to some of his good. He's good. He's really a big time motivational speaker. So Kevin Bracey is a motivational entertainer. It's sorry, he's, he's the one that talked about the radio show, right? Les Brown knew where he worked at a radio show and kept coming back until he got hired is that the right one oh it could be i don't know that specific speech but yeah if you google him a million things will come up like he's just he's the man 
Yeah, I think that is him. So I would, I would, yeah. I'm going to go look that one back up. Yes, definitely. So uh, I would encourage people to find a mentor or somebody that they really gravitate toward, which I love Kevin Bracey's energy and his heart more than anything. I'm a very kind of heart centered person. So I want my main thing is just feeling this internal draw to encourage people. And there's no real agenda to it. There's no like it has to look this way or that way. It's just I think I felt so discouraged and so low for a lot of my life and that not good enough feeling. And I feel liberated now. And the contrast to how I was and how I am is so significant that I want to share that with other people. Like I want somebody who is struggling and, you know, we have suicide rates that are crazy right now, like really meaningful, deep things going on that I don't just want to gloss over. I want to be like a source of just encouragement and life and love yeah. in this world. Cause yeah. right now it's, it can be pretty intense and dark. Right. And, and yeah. And, and back to what we were talking about earlier, people don't realize their potential, right? They don't realize their potential. They think they can't do anything. They don't have anything to offer. They don't have any value or purpose or whatever. Right. And, and I think that's where looking inside yourself and saying, what, what could I do? And then not letting that, letting that fear keep you, keep it bottled in, right? And trying to overcome that fear for sure. Definitely. And just to get back to more practicalities on that. <laughs> um, so I just started joining a lot of free Facebook groups, networking, getting okay. involved, saying yes to every opportunity where I yep. could speak. Uh, I then landed because of word of mouth, because I kept posting things about speaking and I did a free challenge it was a free yoga challenge, but I had some speakers on. People started seeing me as, oh, she's a speaker. Oh, she's a, you know? Yep. And then uh, a friend of mine, an acquaintance, she said, hey, my company is looking for a keynote speaker. Do you do that? She sent me this text and I remember looking at it and here's fear. This is what's hilarious is I had already said, <laughs> I wanna be an inspirational speaker. I wanna do this. I, re I read this text and I almost was like, uh, let me let me give you Kevin Bracey's number. <laughs> you immediately but, start second guessing yourself, right? You're like, can I do that? I don't know if I can totally. do that. I really want to do it, but, but I don't know if I can do it. Yes. And it's the, but it was like, no, I, this is go time. Yes, I can yeah. do that. Yes. Here's my message. Yes. Yeah. So I got hired for my first keynote Nice, and that was amazing. It was over Zoom. So I didn't even have to deal with the shaking component yep. um, because I'm here and it's, it's much different live in person. Yeah. So you just start taking these baby steps, whether that be research, listening to people like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, like these big motivational speakers. Um, and, and then just saying yes to every opportunity to speak, whether it be big or small or paid or unpaid or whatever. And, and then you put in your hours, you know, and you build this confidence. Um, and that's how I have started on this inspirational speaking path. Yeah, that's great.
Great words. Great words of advice. Uh, no one can see it, but the passion coming, you can just see the passion coming through you. Yeah. Yes. I, I like Lots it. of hand movements. Yes. Gets, you get <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of body movement. You know, the head starts getting going. Yeah, it's great. You it's know what's great. funny? I'm realizing this chair I'm sitting on is a little squeaky. And with every movement, I'm going to have to invest in a new chair because I do speak with my hands. And yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I, I mean, it would make for great, you know, sound effects, but we actually, I haven't heard any. I haven't. Oh, heard any, but so. it's just me. Yeah, I guess it's just you. You should look into the standing desks. That's it's a, a life changer. That's a shame. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Those are cool. Well, let's, uh, wrapping up here, let me ask you one question. Uh, and that is, if you were to... What, what advice would you give to somebody that uh, getting started that maybe you would have done differently when you, when you began doing all of this? What oh. advice would you give to yourself and to you know anybody else? I would just say the baby step concept is really important because I think if somebody has this vision of doing something and they're seeing somebody maybe already doing it, but it takes so many little incremental baby steps to get to that final result. And I think some people get discouraged in the process of the steps mm -hmm. just to not get overwhelmed and say, what is it that I could do today that will bring me one step closer, closer. to that ultimate goal? Yep. Right. It was kind of like with running the marathon mm -hmm. because I, really genuinely when I first started running, I would run around the block and be super winded and feel that that cramp that you get in your side where I felt like I just couldn't keep going. But it was like, okay, every day I'm going to show up for training. Yeah. Every day I'm going to run, you know, one mile. Then the next day I'm going to run a mile and a half. And yeah. then, yeah, you tack it on, you tack it on. So it's more the concept, like what we've been saying this entire podcast is just not freaking giving up, like yeah. showing up and not giving show up. up. Yep. Invest in yourself, take those baby steps, even if it feels like it's not pushing you forward as much as you'd like because feelings can be very interesting and tricky little things. I am a very emotional person. I, sh I should know this. <laughs> like we can't trust our feelings all right. the time. So right. yeah, even if you're feeling you're not getting anywhere, you are, keep yep. going, take the baby steps. Great, great advice. Yeah, I saw it just to add to that and then we'll wrap up here. I watched a, a short Instagram reel of Simon Sinek. Do you know who Simon Sinek is? He, Okay, she's nodding her head. So uh, for those of our listeners who don't know him, he's written books uh, called Find Your Why and Start With Why, which is how to like start a business with purpose and so on and so forth. Great books, highly recommend them. I'll link them in the show notes. Um, <clears throat> but he was talking about the whole baby step thing. And he talked about when he was talking to this guy on this, it was some talk show and he was talking about working out, right? And he said, listen, he said, I can't sit here and tell you that it, the day he said, if, if you went to the gym today and you came and you, sh you know, lifted up your shirt and showed me your abs, for example, you know, he said, I can't tell you the exact day that, you know, you would start seeing definition, you know, in your abs or you'd start seeing that washboard look. He said, I can't tell you what day it would be. You know, he's like, if you started today, you know, would it be 30 days? Would it be 15 days? Would it be 45? He said, I can't tell you that. He said, what I can tell you is that by showing up consistently every day that eventually, you know, one day, you know, it will get there. 
you know, even like 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 Jana said, even if even it doesn't feel like it, if you're putting the work in, if you're showing up consistently, you're gonna be you're you're moving towards that goal and that success, and you'll achieve it eventually. It's it's got to work, or you know, or else you're kind of doing it wrong. But it's kind of hard to do things wrong like that, you know, if you're showing up, right. like putting in the time, and investing yourself into it. Kyle, you have any other words to add? No. Not going to wow us today? No. Okay. I think I got everything in. Yeah. We've, we'd ha- we, Janice has given us plenty of wowing, fortunately. Janice, thanks so much for coming on here. If, uh, if people wanted to get in contact with you, um, I mean, you have a website, you're on social media. Like, where would people find you if they, if they want to kind of watch more what you're doing? Yes, all of the above. So I'm at JaniceBert.com and then Spanish Janice on a lot of social media and different things like that. Um, I also have SpanishJanice.com, but I felt that was a little confusing for uh, inspirational speaking. Like, wait, you just speak in Spanish? Uh." Right, right. Yep, could be some confusion there. Okay, great. So yeah, go ahead and uh, we'll, again, we'll link to all these in the show notes. Thank you again so much for your time today. And uh, we appreciate all the wonderful words that you've given. And um, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you guys for being awesome. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in it, please share it with someone you know who is looking for ways to generate extra income. New episodes come out every Friday. If you want to know the second they are available, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review about how today's episode will increase your cash flow or get in touch with us on our website at doyoucashflow.com.